Episode 52, PPT Podcast. What's up? Like, oh, what up, my man? Good to talk to you again. Yes, it's been a two-week hiatus, I believe. But mm-hmm, we're back, mm-hmm. we're back, we're back. And, um, yeah, a lot to talk about, a lot to go through. Um, a lot of goals this weekend, today. <laughs> I believe it's a bank holiday in uh, England or something, so there was games all day today. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Didn't really get to see a lot. Saw bits and pieces, but every time I turned it on or checked my uh, notifications, I saw another goal. Total of 21 <laughs> goals today in three games. Crazy stuff. Yeah. And it's not even from teams you would expect. I mean, you had... Leicester, Fulham, Brighton, Everton, Nottingham Forest, Southampton. Those are the teams putting up goals today. You hear 21 goals, you're thinking City, Arsenal, Newcastle, Liverpool, teams like that. So, yes, very, very crazy day today. But, um, yeah, crazy weekend in general. Nobody wants top four. There's a little (laughs) allergy going on around England. Uh, People are allergic to that top four. Yep. And um, we saw bounce backs from Arsenal and, yeah, Man City continue to win. So where do you want to start? Oh, man, there's so much good stuff. Uh, that's a really good question. I think we should probably start with a call out to someone who I think is probably still going to dodge. But it's probably because it's been fresh on my head. Um, I'm not sure you're coming through the microphone. Say it I'm again. Not, I'm not coming through the microphone. Turn your just turn it up a little. Maybe it's a little low. What about now? Can you hear me? Okay, it's a little better. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. Basically, what I was saying is, I mean, I, I want to start with United. I, I want to start with a top four potential capitulation with a circumstance that seems to be a lot of conversations on players from past managers having a, a split. Between the the roster, I hear pre Ten Hag, post Ten Hag signings. Um, I hear David De Gea or David De Era as Big Robbie uh, coined him. That was hilarious. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's a problem. If we want to give Arsenal enough shit for what they've done in the last three to four games, bounce back with Chelsea. Uh, but 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 having that drop off. We need to have a serious conversation of of United doing the very same thing. And uh, I think it's fair that we have that conversation. We look at the roster. We look at the form away um, mentality warriors over there, man. Tough guys. Let me tell you that you can't go to London and get you a dub. Um, that's that's tough against West Ham, West Ham. So, Yeah. Yeah, they lost one nothing yesterday. It should have probably been more, if we're being honest. The uh, Stonewall penalty not called, and then they took a goal from them for uh, David De Gea flop, which was uh, a great flop, uh, only rivaled by the Suns owner yesterday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, it was an embarrassing performance. Uh, really, I think they had one shot on target, and it was a shot from outside the box. I was easily saved by Fabianski. It was a yep. gutless performance. Um, I saw things in that game that I really like from a particular player in West Ham, hey, who yep. I hope is in North London next year. Hey, but, yep. um, yeah, it was it was dreadful. It was dreadful performance. 
uh, a real whiny, bitchy performance from Bruno. I mean, what else do you expect in a game that's needed? When you need Bruno Fernandez, you can expect him to flail around. I mean, one of the best Jaden Sancho moments for me in a Man U uniform was him telling him to stop moaning last week. Yeah. That was great. That was worth the week's wages of 325k for me. Um, yeah. Probably not for Man U, but for me it was. But yeah, just typical. I mean, their waveform is fucking awful, awful, awful waveform. And um, I'm just upset that I didn't pick them to lose in the picks this week. I mean, that's really all I'm upset about. But yep. I'm hesitant to kind of cook them because I'm looking at their their games. They have three or four games at home. Their away game is Burnmouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they still might get top four as much as I want to roast them. Yeah. But if they lose, let me say this. If they do not get top four, it will be the cooking of a lifetime because and- that will be an absolute fucking disgrace because Tottenham fell out of it. <clears throat> Liverpool, who you've been roasting all season, they don't deserve it. Let's be honest. They don't, but somehow they might still get it. Five game so, winning streak. So five game winning streak. I mean, if they if they if they fail at this, they, they will be cooked and that will be a disaster because you can kiss the Harry Kane goodbye. He's not gonna leave Tottenham for a team that's not in the Champions League. He's gonna go play Europa League. I know you'll say Tottenham's probably not gonna be in Champions League, but I think he'll just run down his contract at that point. Um and yeah, I, I'm just hesitant to do it because I don't I, I see that schedule and it's pretty easy. Okay. But well, but I understand. I understand. The bottling, the bottling, it's it's on the menu. It's on there. And yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get some, you know, Casemiro, where's he been? Marcus Rashford, where's he been? Bruno Fernandez, I mean eighty million dollar Anthony. These guys, they're not doing shit. Now they're you're not doing a damn thing. Now you're speaking my language. My sick friend, here, <clears throat> listen, let me do this for you, okay? Allow me to do this for you. I understand the circumstances. I just put you in a tough spot. That's unfair to you. Allow me to apologize. Let me speak to you and let me call to O'Leary about this. You have set the bar too low, good friend. With those wages, with that manager, with the billions that they have access to, and for all of the bit that they've done all year, with, yes, beating us at Old Trafford, yes, doing their thing and being able to stay where they've been. At one point, actually, I take that back, I'm sorry, at two separate instances this year, they argued they were ready to take the title. I do not forget those that conversations. I do not forget those conversations. I do not forget the fact that we were having a conversation about Casemiro and Rotary. We were having a conversation about the fact that Jack Grealish is is worth how much and what is he doing? And yet the likes of Anthony have done diddly other than a plenty of spins and plenty of Portuguese banter shit talk with other national Brazilians. Puta madre. It's hilarious. You You get at least four of those a game from him. You can see him mouth it every game. It's an absolute joke, dude. The guy, for me, is a huge, huge drama queen. Yes, he's got a wonderful left foot. A wonderful left foot. I'm not going to debate his left foot. But I have a really, really big issue with the fact that when we have a player like a Jack Grealish who is proven in the league, promising, 
not quite there. Seven and seven, highest goal to assist in a single season. Goes for a hundred million on a release clause. That's one thing, and that gets so much scrutiny. But the same club across the fucking city want to go get a guy in a Dutch league who's doing eh, but is getting a huge amount of money, almost amount what twenty fifteen a million uh, below. That is an absolute joke absolute joke it is unfair the fact that man united are going to get away with all oh, top four was the goal top four for you man united is a failure those are the yankees of the premier league i know what the expectations are for the yankees and i dare united fan tell me they're going to any season not trying to win the title you should be ashamed of yourself you are embarrassing, and you are the prime example as to what not to do with money. In fact, we'll be talking about that other shit club, Chelsea, here in a minute. It's a joke, Brian, but you can't do it. And again, my sick friend, heel. I understand. I understand. Not The, the, the nose, the, the, you got sinuses going on. I feel you. All of this negative shit that you've been getting, just leak it out. Leak it. Get it out. Let me do the shit talking for you because it's absolutely ridiculous that United get away with this travesty. And it's all going to go away with the fact that we have injuries to blame. Oh, injuries. Oh, kick fucking rocks, bro. Tell me who felt bad for Arsenal when Gabriel Jesus went down. Tell me who felt bad when other teams have major injuries and they still manage to continue to perform. When other players show up. Wout Wenghorst. What? Do you do the best number 10 in the league? Good night. Just a bomb. It is embarrassing for 90 minutes. How many chances do you create? And Harry Kane's going to come play for you. And Harry Kane is going to come play for you. We, it's just a joke. And we can play. We can play the, the summer transfer uh, tender window. If you want, you are, are, are engaged. You are taking the huge leap. I've been a happily married man, married man going on seven years. We can go back to the swiping left or the right with our summer window transfers. I'm going to tell you right now, you didn't say the name, but since we'll go ahead and say it, I mean, Declan Rice, are you swiping left or right for 85 million? Yes. You got he was it. balling yesterday. He's a baller. <clears throat> I saw him doing stuff going forward, too. His touches on the ball, um, in the I think box. I, in the box, yeah, he was he was he was setting up some big chances as well. So I, I liked what I saw yesterday. I see Declan Rice a lot play for England, which I mean, it's fucking terrorist ball with Southgate. I don't really pay attention to West Ham too much, if I'm being honest. Um, but he's a baller. He's exactly what we need, and um, that would be such a huge signing for Arsenal. It's a statement signing. Um, Let's be honest. Chelsea thought they had him for years. They pretty much were saying Declan Rice is a Chelsea future Chelsea player, this and that. He ain't going there. It's going to be between Arsenal and if like Liverpool come in. I want to. I want your thoughts on this <clears throat> because this this is something. Again, I've been on record. I've said it. I've said it to you in text message. Actually, I don't know if I've said it on the pod. I'll say it on the pod now. I think he's a baller, but I don't think he's an eight yet. I reserve no. the right to change that. That's what I was about to say exactly. I reserve the right to change that depending on who, what club he goes to. Miguel gets Declan, he becomes an eight within the first month, month and a half. You see the movement. Look what he's been able to do with other players. Pep goes the same. I'll, I'll give, I'll give homage. I'll pay it. 
Jurgen Klopp. He gets something out of him. Uh, there's a few. I will go ahead and also give premise. If a certain club in London on the blue side decide to get Pochettino, that he can do some work with him too. There are a few managers that I think if Declan Rice goes to, he can go ahead and get that next level to his game. But this, and this is to my next segue, if we can acknowledge that he's not a full eight yet, that he's promising potential, but not quite there yet. We see it. It's just not consistent yet. Right manager, it will get there. Do I, do I pose to you a hundred million West Ham and David Moyes, of course, I love when that guy loves talking about bank accounts and start talking about other people's money. David Moyes saying he's going to go for a lot of money if other clubs calling, yada, 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 yeah, play the game. We all know what you're doing, dipshit. Here's what I want to know. Are we? Have we reached a point in football, in top-tier football, that 85 to 100 million is potentially a bargain? He's got a year left on his contract. It, it can't go more than 80. I, I know they have an extension, an option to extend, but he wants to move. I mean, let's be honest. The, the, they don't have much leverage, West Ham. So, so He's been setting this up. He could have asked for a move in January when they were fighting it, but he did the club a favor and said, I'm going to stick it out, and I'm going to get you out of relegation. So you got to let him make his move, and you lose your leverage. He, he wants a move. Uh-huh. He's been flirting with Arsenal all year. Uh-huh. You know, Liverpool's going to come in, potentially. You know, Man United might come in, potentially Man City. Chelsea's going to try. Todd Bowley's going to try to swoop in. We know he's a fucking a, a scoundrel. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, I don't want to hear bargain, $85 million. I mean, McAllister for $80 million, that's fucking ridiculous in my opinion. I'm sorry. That's too much fucking money. That's too much money for, an, for a player who's played one good year. I mean, really, he's had one good year. And he did go in the World Cup. I mean, okay. Mustafi, he's won the World Cup. Hugo Lloris won the World Cup. I don't fucking care about that shit. I really don't. It's it's international balls completely different. You you're on a team with Messi, my friend. You understand <clears throat> that these same things that you're calling bullshit on are the same things that these agents use as accolades to ensure incentivized contracts. Yeah, that's great. Edu, don't fall for the fucking bullshit. It's not only going to be Edu, though. It's not only going to be Edu. And 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 he, like it's just it's just a thing. It's just, like it's just but the a- problem is these agents know Man City is has a ton of money. Chelsea has a fucking erratic owner. Yeah, Man well, U has a pathetic owner that's going to pay the price. Yeah. So so, so Liverpool is desperate because they let their team down with Jude. Their so fans City, down with. For as much City, for, so for as much money City have. I find it rare that you can point to me the occasion where we overspent for a player over than someone else. Unless a situation where Holland chose City, that's an example of a player, a top player choosing us, right? If Jude, who's already kind of verbally told he wants Madrid, but if City called Dortmund tomorrow and say 250 million says he comes and plays for us, and then all of a sudden the terms are agreed to the next day, then I'd say... Okay, we just overpaid for a fucker that like just didn't even want us. Release, transfer, overpay, fee. release clause. But still, it, it was a transfer fee. Whether you gave it to his mother, whether you I, put it in a black duffel bag and left it by the ocean, it's still an overpay. He's not. He I wasn't a hundred million dollar player. He's not, a 70, yeah. 70, 70 million pound player. I. <clears> it's an overpay. We can have a conversation about McAllister and all these other guys. What I will not do is have a conversation about a release. There is you, it's an overpay based the, on Enzo what? was a well, Enzo was a release clause as well, right? Was that so, an overpay? Yes. 
the what I'm what I am telling you is to denounce a release clause is denouncing the brilliance that someone had two, three, four, five years ago to put something in on a player because they thought that player was good. It's the same instance where no player or no team comes in for Bakayo Saka because Arsenal are absolutely like, we know he's going to be great. No one is coming near our guy. We are taking care of our baby. It's this, the reason why Arsenal would be so dominant and so over like, hey, you, you love us. We love you. Stay with us. Stick with us. I mean, you're amazing because they see it. You credit Arsenal for holding on to Bakayo Saka and making sure that inner homegrown talent stays. I can credit Aston Villa for doing that release clause with Jack Grealish's agent. Mm -hmm. However, if Saka gets a $150 million release clause and somebody pays it, I'm still saying it's an overpay. $150 million for Bakayo Saka is in no way, shape, or form an overpay. Yes, it is. In my opinion, he's a he's $100 million. How, how old is he? 21. Oh my God. I still think it's an overpay. I think we go 120. One thing, I, and obviously, I think we both use transfer market as as a, as, and almost the world uses transfer market as like the as he's a hundred. He's a hundred on there. God, man, and I would say one hundred twenty is fair. I wouldn't say I'm, that's an overpay. I say right now, days. today, and every day that ends in Y, one hundred and fifty million for Bukayo. We need to do this at the end of the season before the transfer window. This is what we're gonna do. This is a great. We're gonna do top our top ten valued players in the Premier League. Oh, and we're going to have prices right numbers. That we're we're going to do that. And then we're also going to do transfer market moves. We're going to yeah. predict the market, predict five moves and the fees. Yeah. That's going to be our first podcast after the season. Yeah. I, I, think, think, I think the window opens June 10th. So we'll do it before then. I checked right before we got on. That's exactly right. Spot so on. We'll, we'll do that because I think, I think we see the, 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 the the fees a little different, but I do. I whatever. just think I, I think it's an overpay, but it's just one example for City. I don't. I don't really think they overpay. They could have overpaid for Sideshow Bob, and they didn't. Um, Sideshow Bob, which one? Which one's that? Which one's that? Cucarella. Yes, you're right. Thank you. I forgot. <laughs> I needed to. Speak. Yeah, you're right. But anyway, um, we didn't really negotiate. So we got off West Ham um, United. Man, Man yeah. United. So let, let's go through some of these other games. Chelsea get a win finally. Mm -hmm. um, that was shocking. Yeah, um, couldn't believe it. I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna go double oh seven. I was really hoping they would with Frank Lampard, but and they, they didn't. Three goals, dude. Yeah, three goals. Um, third goal, Joe Felix was nice. Um, yeah, Spurs get a one nothing win at Palace. Uh, what happened, Roy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, dude, historic Roy. What happened? I, I, I mean, look, average, <laughs> average, average, average. Average. I'm sorry. This is this, yeah. is, this is what they. That was uh, that was pathetic. They they honestly didn't do shit the whole fucking game. Yeah. Wolves shocking shocking one zero win. I didn't uh -huh. expect that at all. Um, but that's a good win for them. I think they pretty much ensured their safety with that dub. Um, yeah, we both got that wrong. You yeah, you had yeah, two nil below. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they got forty points, so they're they're safe. So good for Wolves. We'll see them in the Premier League again next year. Mm -hmm. And Liverpool one zero one. They keep winning, so mm -hmm. this is interesting because they have thirty five games played. Man United have thirty four games played, and they're now one point behind them. Mm -hmm. So, if we look at Liverpool's schedule, I think they Let's have a little bit of a tougher schedule. 
like I said, Man United play Chelsea Wolves. at home. Wolves. Wolves at home. Bit. Yep. But it's at home, Old Trafford. But <clears throat> ah, they're going to be setting up for the, the bottling. Because if, if you, with your amazing home record, can't beat Wolves, I think Leicester and Chelsea, then it truly is the biggest bottle yeah. in Premier League history. I mean, people throw it at us, so I'm going to throw it at them. Um, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be petty. And then, you know, so <laughs> Liverpool have three more games. They play Leicester as well away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Villa at home. That being at home is big. And then Southampton um, on the last day of the season, which Southampton's probably done. So that's that should be easy three points. They will be on the beach, as they say. So I mean, honestly, the Villa the Villa game's tough, but it's at Anfield, so you got to favor Liverpool. Liverpool should win those three these three games. So the pressure's on. The thing is, Man Man United can afford to lose a game. They can afford to lose a game. So you you got to hope that they lose and draw somewhere if you're Liverpool. Here's what you have to think about in a month from now when the season's over and everyone's full on trying to think about next year. The results of these games that we're about to have in this last month, month and a half, fans are going to cling on to that. Liverpool fans are going to be saying all summer, we ended the year really well. We just got to do one to two things. United are going to be saying the same thing. These Chelsea fans are going to be doing the same thing. Chelsea are going to be just having an absolute complete fantasy board up about what 11 they're going to keep and what 11 they're selling and what other 15 they're going to have to put on loan and then all that other shit. So I see toss up if it was the same amount of games left. I I trust Poole more than I trust United because I have seen firsthand how difficult Poole can be. And I just think right now with how United have been, yes, the games are at home. It's the Wolves game that I'm targeting. Wolves next, I think they're going to get a result. I think Wolves are going to go in and at least draw. Um, I'll be very interested to see how Pool end up the rest of the year. Uh, but I don't – I'm also worried about them getting McAllister, honestly. I think that's – I know it's already yeah. in the stages. It sounds at the late stages. Yeah. Um, so. Which is also what Declan sounds like with Arsenal. I'm seeing a lot of stuff that is at late stages, which is good because I saw the same stuff with Jesus last year. Um, So we just got to hope that we can finish it, finish the deal, and that would be nice. Um, But, yeah, so the window is going to be interesting. Um, City played Leeds this weekend as well, 2-1. to Gundo goes for the hat trick, misses the penalty. Leeds get a goal back, and – <clears throat> Leeds didn't really threaten after that, but it did get a little sticky. And big game for you guys tomorrow. Very, yeah. very big game. Um, and, you know, guys are a point ahead with a game in hand, but, you know, Arsenal, we'll talk about them later, kept kept, kept up. You know, that was, a, that was definitely a game a lot of people thought they were going to drop points in, and yeah. they get a nice clean sheet on the road. So <clears throat> talk about the game this weekend. And let's talk about that game tomorrow because that that's a that's a huge game. Um, two European juggernauts, the defending Champions League champions, the Champions League champions in general with thirteen titles. Yep. a team that is just bang on form right now. That's looking for their first Champions League. So I mean, it's a sexy, sexy matchup. 
um, talk about yeah talk about talk about the game yesterday or Saturday, and then uh, we'll we'll preview that game tomorrow. Brian, Saturday's <clears throat> game is a is case in point of a game last year that we would have ended up losing had we not had that sort of mentality and next level composure. When you have a captain, uh, Ilgai Gundogan just recently finished his co- his coaching licensing. He just got the same licensing, by the way, as Frank Lampard. Just for the record, um, so Ilkay, it's a case in point of being 33, 34, a veteran seasoned in the game, and still being caught up in the moment and being uh, 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 an, uh, a prisoner of the moment and falling for it. Pep says after the game, Erling Holland is so nice that he gave it to him because he wanted him to have a hat trick. And the FIFA gods do not forgive you for being cue and trying to be nice with it and when you have that opportunity and you botch it off the post to which when i saw it i was in my living room and i literally looked over to my in-law and i said book it now they will score now they will score they didn't build shit all game it was inconsistent nonsense dribble just aimless just i don't know what the hell big sam was trying to cook but it was god awful. Um, and I kind of laughed when Rodrigo gets the opportunity off a of Kanji sip, stupid little bounce off of a throw in, just bouncing around ricochets, just bullshit. They get the goal, but that's life. That's what happens. We lose that and lose that game last year uh, without composure and keeping a, a mentality. It just goes to show that right now, man. That it, the run is just absolutely insane, absolutely insane. The passing, the movement, just the team is finding different ways to win. And I don't really mind that Erling Holland doesn't score. He didn't bring his shooting boots. He was off it himself. Had a poor game. Um, the touches are there. Uh, he's getting opportunities. Kevin back. Rico Lewis, eighteen years old. My lord. Rico Lewis. I loved what I saw out of him. Wait, what were you guys calling him Saturday? Sterling Holland, I saw? Sterling Holland. Sterling Holland, dude. Having having good cracks of jokes at his at his lack of uh, shooting ability on Saturday, dude. It was he was off of it. He had bunnies. He had bunnies and he, well, bunnies for Holland. And and he missed them. He missed them. I think a lot of people would, would have scored the opportunity. If he him. shows up with those Raheem Sterling midlife crisis cornrows tomorrow, you're in trouble. <laughs> we are in trouble. He's actually pulled off cornrows and, and, and training and shit like that, but he's never done it for a game. I don't know what he's going to do, but yeah. Hit the panic button if you see it. Dude, I almost hit the panic button this weekend. Honestly, I thought we were going to drop points, and I thought that was going to be the worst case scenario. Um, but see, this is this is the thing about where we are in the season. If in, Oct- if in September or I'm sorry, if October we lose or draw to Leeds 2-2 in a situation like that, the conversation is, I don't know what's going on right now. It is cup. Every game is a cup final. If your team matters, every game is important. So it's not now. Now it's no longer. If we lose to Everton, which what did Everton do today? Yeah. Bangers. Goals on both. Dwight McNeil, you scared of him? Not at all. Not one fucking bit. Dude, Not he was where, where did he come from? I don't know. Did you see know? his pace? Dude. He got the 99 pace upgrade card on, on <laughs> Ultimate Teams. I was literally about to tell you, look for his card in, in a couple days, because that card is about to be juiced. Like I have something to say about Mr. Uh Deserby too. You got humble today. 
Oh, you were man. disrespectful today, Mr. Jazerby. We'll get into that later. I agree. And there's a, I, I, I have a particular reasoning that I'm going to call him out on, but I have to hear your rant on him because I, compl- I we are t- we are in sync with what I think you're about to say on him. But ultimately for this weekend, I just thought from a city perspective, it was great for us to be able to keep control of a game, almost get rattled where you're dominating the whole game but lose points. That is an example of next level. Uh, that is example of us being able to have that standard right now. Um, and it's almost robotic with, with how we're performing. Um, so it's huge. Going into Madrid, man, I I have to be humble now. Now we're talking Champions League. I have to be completely humble. And I have to think about this situation. This is not the Premier League. I cannot, I'm not even thinking. I don't even know what Everton is. I don't know what Sean Dice is doing next Saturday. I don't give a hulu fuck right now. I have to be bare, be prepared. To I can go tell you what he's doing next weekend, and it involves the bus. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, but I don't know, dude. I don't know if that that, that Dwight dude, Dwight McMessy, like you were telling him McMessy, in text messages, dude. He's it cooking. Was, he was cooking. I'm, I'm legit. In a couple days, ask me about Everton, and I'll talk about them. But right now, I am focused on going into the Santiago Bernabéu without. That's the way I get. I get. I like it without. I get. Yeah, we're, he's without. He got hurt this weekend again. I didn't. I didn't even see that. To be honest, yeah, just re-injured. But I saw he came out of the game. But I thought it was just precaution. Yeah, it was. But uh, he didn't train with. Are you him. sure this is in dark arts? No, he's not coming. He, he wasn't on the plane. Mm. He wasn't on the plane. Confirmed. I got pictures. Um, oh, I had Pep send it to my, I had, I had Pep send it to my text uh, to my to my uh, to my account. So look, I just think <laughs> Rodrigo talking a lot of shit right now. Tony Cruz talking a lot of shit, playing uh, the victim or saying. Fill me in. What? I didn't hear. I didn't hear the smack talk. Let, let me hear it. So essentially, Tony Cruz was asked the question of, "Do you think Real Madrid are are uh, looked down upon in England? And do you think that there's a reason why they don't respect Madrid as much as they should for what they do in Champions League?" And Tony Cruz just went with, went with the narrative, went with it, basically saying. And again, we should note that he's a German speaking Spanish. His Spanish is pretty good. I, I, I listened to it. It's, it's, I'm, I was impressed. And ultimately, what he tried to get around and even admitted that there's not really words that I can try to, I, that I know that I can say it, but he was trying to say this time last year, they had City beating us. And look what happened. You know, now here we are, different team. It's still a pep coach team. It's going to be tough. But, you know, they, they had us getting beat last year. And it's kind of like, okay, look, dude, if, if, if we're really going to allow, argue not even arguably the greatest club in champions league competition to play the underdog it's not like we haven't lost a game all year and we've been slapping folks seven eight nothing like this is a like a fifa franchise mode it's not that at all madrid have looked poor lately like that's just yeah. facts mm-hmm. that's, that's just facts. i don't even think it's lately i think the whole season they've been pretty yeah, and Mediocre. Don Carlo, Don Carlo, I I salute you. I know your resume. You have more titles than than certain clubs. I hear you, bro. I'm not denying what he's a ability to do, but what is uh what 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 do we call it when we do copycats and 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 it's just a form of flattery, form of humility when we acknowledge what other people do and we kind of steal it. I don't think Kamavinga is suited to deal with what we're about to bring him. But I also don't think we're necessarily prepared with how they're going to potentially attack. I'm, I got a few names I'm going to throw at you from that Madrid team. 
If I see Carvajal on that pitch, we are cooking his ass. Danny Carvajal, he is so risky on the attack. And if I see him on our attacking side, I am salivating, salivating. Because the moment we get that ball, Papa, it's a wrap. It's an absolute wrap. I hope Jack Grealish has a great game. But again, I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm calm myself right down. It's it's Madrid in the Champions League semifinal. At the Bernabeu. At the Bernabeu, which we've done it before. 1-0. Kevin De Bruyne, a penalty two years ago or three years ago. It's doable. It's not like we've – this is not anything different for us. We have beaten this club at their stadium before. I have to go into this first leg. No, in the second leg's at the Etihad, where I feel like it's an absolute fucking fortress right now. I don't give a shit what anybody says. The Etihad is a fortress. As long as we go back to the Etihad, tied or at least down one, I am okay. I am calm, calm, calm spirits. We can go into the Etihad and take care of it then. This is where I said to you a few weeks ago, I really do think this is the antithesis for a Pep Guardiola. For a man who looks to control everything for 90 minutes, when you throw in the second 90 and make it a 180, man, he just struggles with having to, when to tell the team to go, when the team to slow down, when to throttle. When, it's just difficult for him. History shows it. He's done it limited amount of times. In fact, only with Barcelona. And he had great teams everywhere he's gone. So there's a reason for that. But I think ultimately with how we are, I think we're going to score first. I think it's going to be attacking. I think Benzema is going to do his thing. But I'm very confident tomorrow that I'm going to get what I expect, which is at least a draw or at least down one going back to the Etienne. And that is okay. That I'm, I can live. So who starts for you? Big Dog, King Kevin, Jack Grealish, Bernardo Silva at right wing. Riyad Mahrez does not start. Rodri, Gundogan. Ruben Diaz, Donnie Stones, Kyle Walker, Akanji, Ederson. I'm going double pivot. Same thing that we've done. Bernardo is going to be a floating Animal everywhere. Jack, Grealish, Erling, and Kevin really up front trying to attack. I see a horrible, horrible, horrible foul one way or the other. I see Rudiger absolutely shitting the bed on the big dog. Or I see Ruben Diaz absolutely taking out Corinne. I see something in the box either end where both of us are going to be like that that just fucked the other team that just fucked them could be red potential something i don't know i think rudiger is just going to get caught up in a situation yeah that 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 those are my thoughts who are you more worried about benzema or vinicius uh benzema because uh he's inevitable karim benzema is inevitable we know what he's capable of doing this is nothing new to him kyle walker on vinicius we can go back and look at the numbers. I don't care what anybody tells me. <clears throat> Kyle Walker has got that man. That Kyle Walker, it, this could be the year. 
to where that changes. I'm one's saying. getting older, the other one's hitting his prime. Mm-hmm. So one's over it, the other one's like. That's what I'm kind of thinking too. Yeah, it, I it think could, at some point the great attacker gets the best of the the great defender, especially the youth. When the mm-hmm. when the attacker is the younger guy and the defender is the older guy. Now I could, Pep could be one step ahead of us and actually going Johnny Stones at right back, Akanji at center, Ruben Diaz at center back, and then sticks in um, Laporte. I don't know. I, I literally don't know. I mean, he can go four. I, I think there's going to be some fuckery. Like, he's going to do something different tomorrow. I'll tell you this. I feel it. The only thing that would be different, Johnny Stone's in midfield, that's not different. We've seen it. The only thing that would be scary for me if I if I see Laporte in midfield. If I see Laporte, that's where you're going to potentially be like, that's that's that would be it for me. Or a kanji. A kanji in midfield playing that role, and John Johnny Stones playing the right back role. I don't know. I think Kyle Walker starts though. Kyle Walker not starting tells me we're 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 up. We're I think that that might be it. Vinicius might be having himself a day. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think it's going to be a draw in the first game. I really do, and I think it's going to go back to Etihad. I got a one-one tomorrow. Um, it's going to be a chess match. That's how Angelotti's going to play it. I think Pep's going to – I don't think he's going to go balls to the wall either because he's done that before. He's got to learn from his mistakes at some point. So I think it's going to be a chess match in the first game. Second game, I think said he'll take it 2-1. to one. So, But it's going to be tight. I mean, as much as you say Madrid, they haven't been good, blah, 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 blah. They always show up in the Champions League. And I'm sure, you know – whether it's a, a point against City, it's definitely a point for Madrid that they know what they did to you guys just a year ago. I mean, nobody on that team is going to be too worried about your form right now. That's oh, just yeah. their mentality. And they feel like they probably have a leg up on you. You saw the quotes from Cruz. They feel a little slighted. You know, whether it's right or wrong, that's what champions do. You know, they, they find a reason to get that little extra edge. So, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. I, I got a draw tomorrow. And then um, we'll see. Maybe I'll change my – I'll say my second leg prediction for next week because maybe based on what I see tomorrow, I'll change it up. But right now I have City advancing to the final. Close matchup, uh, but a draw tomorrow. And um, I don't know if you want to talk about the Milan Derby. Um I, I honestly don't really care about that game. I will watch it, but – I think it'll be interesting. A Milan Derby in the semifinal, but I just I've I've watched Inter Milan. They're they're so poor to me. I mean, it's 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 baffling how they're in this position. Uh, really, both teams. I mean, I haven't been impressed by AC Milan. I think they've been playing a little better recently, though. So I'll give the edge to AC Milan, um, and they have that European pedigree as well. So I think you. I think it'll be City uh, Milan. Uh, maybe that prediction will change next week, but I think tomorrow uh, AC Milan will win two zero. Or Wednesday, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I think AC Milan have, just for me, it's a little bit of a toss-up because, you know, Derby and, and, and all the rivalry and all that, the story tradition between both. I think the interesting part is for me, out of the two clubs, I trust a certain individual players more on AC Milan than I do Inter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I trust Giroud. Giroud's played in a lot of big games. 
Yeah, but I'm also going to go with the, the the City Academy. You know, Brahim Diaz, huge, mm-hmm. huge player. I'm really, really happy. It was a good deal. That's a great example of us selling a player with no buyback, no nothing. Us saying, look, dude, we actually don't rate you, but that's okay because you can still play. And you went off to AC Milan and you're having a hell of a career there in Italy. Like you're doing your thing and there's no shame in that. And, you know, should he get bought back up by maybe, you know, I think Madrid like a year or two were linked to him to possibly coming in. I don't know. Overall, I think Brahim Diaz is a great example of City getting better for getting rid of him and uh, AC Milan getting better for signing him. And he's been great for him. But you're right, dude. Gerard, I mean, that guy, big, big, big player, big moments. Um, yeah, those those three, Diaz, Hernandez. Hernandez has uh, been in big games. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would take AC Milan. Tonali, too. I like Tonali. Yeah, I like Tonali a lot. Yeah, we'll be we'll see. But um, it's going to be fun, man. Back-to-back days of, of quality games. And, man, yeah. What's your fun. prediction for that game? First I'm going to go. I'm gonna go AC Milan three, Inter Milan one. I think there's wow. gonna be yeah. I think quick goals, back to back succession could separate them. All right, all right. Champions League uh, starts tomorrow. We'll be back later in the week to recap that and preview the next week. Um, let's talk a little bit more about these games. So Arsenal go to St James Park yesterday. Uh, a game I honestly thought we were probably gonna lose um, based on our form in the last couple weeks. We got to win at Chelsea, but. To me, that means nothing. That team is dead. Uh, I take nothing from that win other than Chelsea's fucking pathetic. Um, <clears throat> they are. What do you so, think about your lineup? Who? What do you think about the Arsenal lineup? I was very worried about Jorginho, but it turned out to be a Jorginho masterclass. Um, yeah, he really controlled things in the midfield, uh, was able to keep it ticking. I thought the physicality of Newcastle with Jorginho not that physical. I thought we were going to miss it in the midfield. And, um, you know, I, I was very happy with what I saw yesterday. Um, the capitulation over the last month, I saw weak mentality. Um, and St. James was a place where we capitulated last year. So I figured, great, we're in a we're in a fragile mental state here. And we're going back to a place where we bottled it last year. Hostile crowd and a physical, physical team who kind of bullied you at the Emirates earlier in the year. Um, with their shenanigans and time wasting, which we'll talk about that in a second, because I, I find it hilarious that they're crying about time wasting when they time wasted for a draw, uh, not just four months ago. But um, <clears throat> I was I was very happy. You know, the ref was fucking awful. The fact that there was one yellow card in the game and not till the seventy fifth minute was shocking. Um, Shar was literally clobbering our players all game. Um, I saw at one point he double double rear naked choked an MMA, MMA move. Eddie Nketiah threw him to the ground, and the ref said play on. Um, so if you would have told me Newcastle, hostile crowd, home, coming off a couple bad losses where we look mentally fragile, and the ref is not going to give out yellow cards and control the physicality of the game, I would have said, oh, yeah, we're losing 3-1. We're going to get fucking bullied. But – they were up for the fight. They they rattled Newcastle. I mean, I saw Kieran Trippier looking like an angry little short man the whole game. I saw I saw Joe Linton crying the whole game. I saw Callum Wilson completely rattled, taken out of the game. Um, it was a it was an Arteta masterclass, really. I mean, he really came in there with a plan, and they stuck stuck to it. Um, 
and they they played like a team that has learned from their mistakes. Now, the next thing Arsenal is going to have to do is learn how to play when they're in the lead, when they need to win points from the front, like in in front. I think when they're behind, they're a little bit less pressure for them, and they play better as the underdog. They have to be learned. That's the next step in the Arsenal evolution. We're next year in the lead again. We need to learn how to play with that pressure of keeping the lead, staying in first place, winning those games at the end of the last 10 games of the season. Um, but that was a big boy performance yesterday. Um, Granite Xhaka's shithousery was, was top, top class. He's really evolved from a kind of thug on the field last year, getting red cards to a, a good shithouser. I mean, I can't lie. I, his His – keep saying his his legs were cramping to to kind of slow down the game and see out the game. That was good. I, I, I normally complain about those things, but I like that we said, hey, remember the shenanigans they did at the Emirates in January? Let's do it back to them and see how they like it. And guess what? They couldn't handle it. They were crying the whole game about it, which I found shocking because I have statistics. Newcastle is the biggest time-wasting team in the league by a lot. It's not even close. Nope. It's not even close. They're 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 leading the league in time wasting. You got the list in front of you. Go ahead and list yes. those clubs out. <clears throat> this is this is this the is the biggest big. time taken between goal kicks. Time wasting. What they were bitching about yesterday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A whole thirty seven seconds. The next team is Everton. No surprise there. Sean Dyche, known for that. <laughs> but it's almost four seconds difference. Yeah. From the next team. Four seconds. So how dare you? You guys, time wasted from minute one, and you didn't even get up you didn't even get three points. We time wasted in the lead and we got three points at your park. So for a team that time wasted so much, I'm I'm surprised. I, I honestly can't believe that they were that bothered by it. Because it's a taste of your own medicine, my friend. Mm-hmm. We just did it back to you. And I still don't think it was as egregious as what you guys were doing. You guys were taking set pieces in, in your own half. I mean, that was disgraceful enough. <clears throat> but, yeah, they're the biggest time races in the league. It's not even close. Um, yeah, they're in 20th place. Um, Arsenal, a whole 10 seconds above them. Liverpool, least time wasters in the league. Man City, number two least. I mean, this is this is a disgrace. Um, I absolutely loved because because I'm starting to really hate this Newcastle team, and I know I'm going to hate them even more because they're going to get better with Champions League football. Yeah, but I find I find their their players disgraceful and annoying, and all shithousers. And the fact that they couldn't handle their own fucking tactic was quite embarrassing. And I'm glad we stuck it to them. I really am. The the level of frustration. <laughs> Huge, huge growing pains moment for Newcastle. Okay, first off, they've, they've been playing quite well recently without doing the time wasting, with the attacking, I mean, slapping Tottenham the way that they did, slapping some other teams the way that they've done. They've been playing well. They were on a high horse coming into this game. They felt confident. When you have, within the first two minutes, a shot off post, and by the end of the half, at least two other shots off the post, the frustration mounts. Part of... The reason that Arsenal have been great this year, but have a bit fallen off is because of maybe a winning mentality of players that they brought in, 
winning mentality of, of, of the manager, but they're just needing that next one to two players that can bring them over that edge. Newcastle have no winners with no winning mentality. You have a player in Karen Trippier that. Before, what are you talking about, bro? He's from Tottenham. He's a winner. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. You also have Karen Trippier, who you want to talk about shithousery. Before he got to Newcastle, he played at Atletico Madrid under the dark arts oh, of God. Diego. I totally Tenor. forgot about that. Yeah. How dare we you? You know where this guy gets some things from and what things he's learned in La Liga, learning dark arts under Diego. So. What I find truly embarrassing for Newcastle, as my oil brethren, as my and my brothers in dark arts crime, I need them to understand that this next level of winning requires you to finish your food and not let an attacking team like Arsenal get any before that Odegaard master shot which thank you Odegaard finally paid off for me my boy let's go you Nordic King you love you Martin love you hits a banger okay before that moment I sat there oh praying praying inshallah can we get a Newcastle dub can we make it easier for me can we make we need eight points out of a possible 12 we just need a little bit of help. We can lose and draw. Make it easier for me, Newcastle, my older brethren. Dominating the performance early on. Getting opportunity shot off the post. Great passing. The movement. Back and forth. Arsenal not finishing, not getting close. And then Martin with the absolute sealer off of a Newcastle miss bobbling something in the midfield Jorginho gets it up beautiful it just wonderful play by Arsenal and from there with the frustration mounting with the missed shots with the frustration of the shithousery from Arsenal playing the same game that Newcastle played to them Newcastle shit themselves and that is that next level of development for them so shame but I have to agree with you on this one thing this for me Oh, this for me is the battle of battles starting next year. If I'm if I'm going into the summer, city do the T word. I'm loving life. I look at the fixtures coming up for next year. I'm not even looking at cities yet. I'm looking at Newcastle Arsenal. When are they playing? I'll give you another one I'm looking at. I cannot wait to see when Chelsea and Tottenham play next year. Because if everything goes off right now, you know that's going to be one hell of a match. Those teams hate each other enough, so as it is. And we have a potential manager that's going to be playing on his career. They're going to lose their shit. Those right now off the top of my head, Arsenal, Newcastle, and Tottenham, Chelsea are my 1A, 1Bs. Holy shit, get the popcorn ready. When do they play next year? Newcastle and Arsenal do not like one another. There were at least six Brazilians on that pitch that oh, could yeah. speak and communicate effectively to one another. And yet we still had fighting. There was no language barriers. There was a complete understanding that they were shithousering and Botman and Shar and Trippier and Willick, all of them. Jolington, Jolington, uh, let me tell you something. For being such a big middle linebacker of a body, you sure do are you sure do squeak like a little mouse. Mm-hmm. Often you are next, you are one 
maybe C or D to Bruno in bitching Jolington. I don't get it. It bothers me because just a few weeks I was loving your magic, your movements. Let your game speak to you, speak for you. When I see you out here, like mouthing off, like Gabriel Jesus, when Gabriel Jesus, shout out the the, 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 the only man, one of the only men on the fucking pitch that's raised a title before, runs over to him and shuts him up. Like, dude, calm down. I'm your national buddy. Relax. Get it together. And three minutes later, Granite gets in his head again. Like, I, you don't deserve to win the game if you're going to allow Granite Jaka to do that to you. Like, you have, if, like, the sun coming up in the morning and rain being in the morning in Manchester and sun being in LA, you know for a fact. Going into any game against Arsenal and you see Granite Jaka in the starting 11. There's, did you see the headlock he put on Jack Grealish when we played each other last? <laughs> and he carried him for like seven seconds. The guy is a shithouser. You cannot dispute that this guy is an I don't, assassin. I still don't understand what that was about. That was so weird. Uh, he was he was talking something to someone else, and then Jack was like, I think Jack, the previous play, was like pitching at the ref, like, come on, like, look what he's doing. And Granite was kind of like, you need to come over here and shut your mouth. And he pretty much put him in a headlock, like, bro, come on. And they were the funny part about it was they were walk, going away from the ref. So Granite was like, th- like, the play is moving forward, and Granite's like moving on, and he literally grabs him in the headlock, and he just keeps walking and going away from the ref. It's absolutely hilarious. They slow it down, but again, this is part of his game. You hate to play against them. You love to have them on your team. Every player has this. Every club has this. Rodri, I'm looking at you. I love you. You're the best DM in the world. I need you to keep doing those types of things. And tomorrow, Rudiker is the guy from Madrid who's going to do it. Every club, if you're top, you got to name this player. For Newcastle to be top, to be a top four team in the Champions League, who is your shithouser, but who is your calming voice? Who's going to be that guy that gets them right? You need to have more calming voices than shithousers. And quite frankly, Newcastle cannot compete when it comes to that level. Arsenal have that down. In regards to those dynamics, everybody knows what. You got, Zin- you got Zinchenko over there that's playing too much of a cheerleader for your fans. You guys are ragging him for doing that. And granted, doing the shithousery. You got- Newcastle, get better at the dynamics. Shameful, shameful performance. I was really disappointed, man. Obviously, I wanted the win for Newcastle, but fuck. You dominate like that off the post, and then Odegaard just shuts you up, captaining that team. I mean, shout out to your fans. Saw them in in the in, in St. James Park. I think yeah, in the fucking was... corner. Dude, what is with that? Is there a reason to it's that? Embarrassing. That's fucked up. That's just up. how it works there in St. James Park? <clears throat> yeah, that, that's. I think that's fucked up because you have fans traveling. I I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure North London and... and and oh, I looked uh, it Newcastle up. are yes. like eight hours apart or something. Six ridiculous. and a half. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a, a drive. Six and hour, it's a six and a half hour drive. So you're gonna have them come out and you put them all the way in the top corner, and that's I think that's I think that's disgraceful. But I, I mean, I'm starting to realize this club has no morals. You know, they shit house and then they cry about it when it happens to them. So fuck them. But yeah, Odegaard. <clears throat> I got to give him credit because I, I one of my criticisms of him is he doesn't show up on the road and um, he doesn't show up in big games. But that was a big game yesterday. Make no mistake about it. You have to keep the pressure on City and you have to go out on a strong foot. You can't go out weak in this season. And I'm sure Arteta's telling them that. You've had a great season. You can't go out with a whimper. You can't just hand City the title. I mean, it's in City's hands, but they have to win. They have to keep winning. 
They go to Everton this weekend, and Nick Messi shows up, and they get a draw. Now the pressure's really on. Now the pressure's really on, and you have to continue to keep that pressure. It was a great performance from Odegaard, and, I mean, what an incredible year he's having, honestly. I mean, 15 goals, non-penalty goals, highest from a midfielder in the Premier League, 24 captain, going to lead a team to a potential 90 points. I mean, the sky's the limit for him, honestly. I, I did not ever think he could get to this level. <clears throat> I saw the talent, but I would have been happy with 10 goals, 8 assists, something like that. I mean, he's pretty much gone way past that, and there's still games left in the season. So, I mean, this guy's going to – if he's not he's not world-class yet, but he's on his way. He's definitely on his way. I mean, another two years of this, and he's definitely world-class. And once he starts – Stepping up in those road games, I mean, we could see a 20-goal score. Absolutely. I mean, he's got a great left foot. That shot from outside the box, he keeps it nice and low. It's so hard to defend. It's hard to see for the goalie. I mean, Pope could not see it until it was in the back of the net. It's a great, great shot. And, um, yeah, he's he's key to unlocking defense as well. He's got a great vision for, for, you know, his wingers who are, you know, very close to being world-class as well. So, yeah, shout out to Odegaard. Impressive performance. And um, like I said, Jorginho, and I was very, very happy with our January signing, Kiwior. I'm starting to wonder how things would have went if we played him instead of Rob Holding because oh. I see things that I love. One of the things I love in my center backs is how calm are you when you're in a pressure situation? Saliba, very, very calm. Never rattled. Van Dyke when he was at his peak. That's what I loved about Van Dyke. The guy looked like he was just, you know, playing in the park. Tight situation. Ball's coming to you. You got, you know, Harry Kane running at you. Van Dyke was always calm. I saw that calmness in Kirior. He's got some pace on him. He's got a nice touch on the ball. Looked pretty good. I'm starting to wonder, hmm, should we have played him instead of holding? Maybe that West Ham game's a little different, you know? Maybe that... Southampton game's a little different. Maybe it's a one-point city lead right now, or we have a two-point lead with their game in hand, you know? Yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I was impressed with KBR yesterday. Um, he was good at Chelsea, but like I said, I don't I don't take anything from that Chelsea game. They're fucking trash. And, um, yeah, what do you think of KBR? What I think is there are two things that I think we have to think about here going into the summer window and how this season ends no matter what. Should Arsenal – should it play out the way it's looking? Arsenal finishing second, no trophies, but a definitive goal-reaching season. You reached goals that were huge to your success. I think we have to note the fact that you all believed in Odegaard when Real Madrid didn't. You all believed in Kuiar when, to be honest with you, never heard of the fucker, and I wasn't even losing any sleep when he went to you. And look at how he's playing. We have moments here that I just want to remind these Arsenal fans, let's still a lot of game left, still a lot of season left. You end on a high note, you go into the window and you nail your targets, nail the guys that you and Miguel believe in right now that can help you win. It's just, it's the right move. And this is where I say, We'll have the money conversation, which I just just think it's always funny to laugh about. I, I have a good I genuinely laugh at these conversations because what we're doing is playing with monopoly money with these billionaires. 
And we're having a laugh. I have a huge laugh about the fact that for you and I, it's no big deal to be 30 million apart from Bakayo Saka. But to a guy like Crocky, Cronkai, or, or, or other owners out here, I don't know how serious it is for them for 30 million. Some of them are willing to pay 30 million in uh, 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 money for coaches that they sign. I'm looking at you, Potter. I'm looking at you, Bowley. So it all depends. Some of them would rather spend 30 million on lawyers that they know they're guilty of in America, but they're just like, yeah, you know what? No big deal. I'll fight it to the court. I'll get to the court finally and you're found guilty. Ah, whatever. Here's my apology and 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 whatever and i amend and here's another million to your charity and get away with it so i don't know what 30 million is valued at for certain people and what i think is as we get closer to this window if arsenal want the success that they want we need to stop worrying about the amount of money that we spend we need to stop worrying about the when you have city that are going to go in and pay money for top players when you have chelsea that are going to spend and just spend aimlessly that's the problem where i think we really should be looking at chelsea just spending aimlessly you can see the targets when 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 city move on a player the world is like fuck man here goes city again and it's not that you're saying fuck here goes city again because we're spending money because everyone else is spending money it's the fact that we're spending money on a top player that's going to help us right in the situation that we're in that is the difference McAllister goes to liverpool the world is like oh man god you know that's crazy Enzo goes to Chelsea? What in the fuck are we doing? What are you doing that for? It's stupid. So I hope Arsenal remind themselves of these moments of top players that you've signed that have worked out. Saliba's another one. You confide in them. And I don't know. Like, for example, I'm a little kind of, what should I think as an outsider that Faloran is having these situations with you all right now? What should I think about Reese Nelson? Rumored to not not sign that contract yet. Looking at options. What should we think about these moments? Because if I'm Arsenal, yes, my focal point right now, I've looked a lot more into this. I'm trying to be fair and understand your perspective of the 20 years of grim and all that shit. And the more I get down it, I just get down the Knicks side, which we got a big game tonight. But I, I also pull myself out of it because I'm just like, I can't go down this depressing state too far. I'm going to find myself in mental lapses at work, taking breaks because I'm just like, they really did spend 72 fucking million on Pepe. Like, holy shit, that really happened. So... I understand the negligence towards certain things. And I'm just like, look, we, we, we need to respect that. I need to respect that perspective. But man, you were right with Martin. You were right with Kiriar. You were right with Saliba. You were right with Jesus and Sinchenko. Like, I think at this point, it's fair to say that there's lately with Miguel and Ido now, there's been more rights than wrongs. So going into the summer and spend the two to 300 million and don't even blink or think twice about it if they want a hundred million for rice tell them great top four brings in at least half of that revenue or top four champions league revenue next year because you think you're going to get to the quarterfinals quarterfinals you're guaranteed at least 35 let's go there it is we knocked out a third of that price whatever the circumstance is to to mentally be okay with the fact that it's now chelsea come in and put in the 250 million offer for Declan Rice. And you're like, what the fuck? Well, first off, the world would be like, what the fuck? To what point you have to do like City and walk away from the deal? You have to. You did right with the Modric situation. 
case in point, look what happened the rest of the year. So there are situations where I think you got to play it cool, but I should I would not blink twice if you find a player with the right release clause. And I don't want to say his name yet because there's one in in La Liga that I would I'm dying for. I'm dying for specifically because Jude ain't coming. It seems pretty obvious Jude ain't coming. So City fans are holding on to that, by the way. David Ornstein put out a post on the Athletic, like I think yesterday or today, that alluded to something along the lines of uh, uh, City never made an offer. City are waiting. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, whatever. Smoke. Nice. Thank you. But the play, I don't, let me be very, very clear. I don't want a single fucking player that doesn't want us as his main option. Period. Bar none. If the, if the mighty dollar bill brings Jude Bellingham and chooses City over Madrid, I want to state for the record, take your ass somewhere else. That is a personality and a player that don't I don't necessarily want into that locker room. Bernardo Silva has been wanting out for years now. Still shows up, class, professional, and I expect him to start tomorrow. That's how much fucking trust and faith I have in that guy. It, it's just, it's the nature of the industry. I get it, but be a top choice and be consistent in your play. He might lead him to a fucking Bundesliga title this year, man. Bundesliga title. Yeah. At 18. At 18. The guy's a stud. The guy's a stud. So, I, I, just just give me the players who want to be here. I'm not. I'm not buying that smoke that Ordenstein threw out there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, Carrier looks good, um, and yeah. we got another game against Brighton, which leads us into the schlacking that took place at the Amex today, five-one against Everton. And um, you know, Deserby's been getting a lot of praise, but I thought this was this was a uh, Kendrick Lamar settings. Be humble, be humble. I thought it was an arrogant, arrogant performance from Brighton. They saw Everton come in here in the relegation zone, and they said, we're just going to fucking attack, 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 and we're not going to worry about defensively. And Sean Dyche, on the counter, unleashes McMessy, Dwight McMessy. And every time I was looking at that screen, two-on-one, three-on-one, three-on-two. Deserve got humbled today. Every game in the Premier League is a tough game. No if, ands, or buts about it. And he thought, we're at home, we got Everton, we're going to be on our front foot the whole game, and we're going to beat this team 4-1. Yep. That's what he thought. The lineup was was questionable as well. I know they have some fixture pile up. They have some games to make up. But, yeah, I, I think this Herbie got humbled, and he's been getting a lot of praise. But this, is, this, was, this was a shocker from him today. I, I couldn't believe... I could not believe how easily Everton were just countering. It, it was unbelievable. And, yeah, they were great today, Everton. Um, DeCorey was a ball, and this Dwight McNeil guy, uh, where the fuck did he come from? Um, I, I'm hoping he can he can do us a favor at City. Um, is that – no, that's, a, that's at Everton, correct? Um, I think it is at Goodison Park. <clears throat> I'm hoping he can do it, but man, five goals from Everton. They're still fighting relegation right now. They're safe, but you know that was that was impressive. And I thought, like I said, you know, Brighton, they have they they're going to have a tough time getting those European places. We kind of wrote them in, but if you look at their schedule, City, Newcastle, Arsenal still on the schedule. That's three tough games. They might get zero points out of that, you know. So. <laughs> The Newcastle games at home, but I think the the City and Arsenal games are both away. I know they come to the Emirates this weekend, 
So yeah, they're going to have a tough time. And um, I know Solly March got hurt today. He's a, he's a very important player for them. So um, yeah, that's going to be uh, that's going to be tough for Brighton. But yeah, I, th- I think the Zerbi got humbled a little today. But that was an arrogant, arrogant performance. And um, McMetsy. Yeah, it's really hard to disagree with you here. There's a point I want to bring up about this. About a week or two ago, he had a midweek fixture, and he played rotational players. He played like he started that Concisio little Latin kid. He started a bunch of players, and it panned out. It worked. They ended up winning. Today, you got humbled and you deserve it. When you go 23 shots, only five on goal, Everton had 10 shots. Six were on goal. They had less than half of the amount of shots, but had more on target. You had 79% of the, uh, of the ball. You had 15 corners to their one. What the fuck? That is embarrassing. Like, horrible, horrible performance by Brighton. And we're going to see what Everton have. You know, right now, like I said, I don't really give a hulu fuck about Everton. Calvert-Lewin, DeCorey's a baller. Iwobi, he had some moments. Um, Gay is good. Me, Yadier Mina. I just think, look, bro, I don't think he's very good. He sucks. He sucks, bro. He, Mal, I, I do rate Maupai. Um, Onana, obviously I rate 100%. Um, Chris Cody was on the bench. So this... I don't know what to think about this Everton performance. Chris Cody from the Dan Upturn show? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Why is he on the bench? I, I mean, look, dude, he's on there. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what to think about this team. And it's definitely embarrassing of Brighton. Chris Cody, great bunch guy. Keeps everybody is? keeps everybody fired up. It's Connor, yeah. it's Connor Cody, by the way. Is it? Is yeah. it Connor Cody? Yeah. <laughs> see Cody and I automatically went to Chris. Uh, I actually think he'd be a good rotational player for certain top clubs. Um English He's defender. Okay. Yeah, I, I like him. I don't I don't mind him. But yeah, um, um that's about it. What's the what's the update on our score and then we'll talk Knicks and get out of here. Uh um, into the weekend. 207 me 213 you. Going nice into lead. the weekend. You now pick up some ground. I had 6 points, you had 5 points. It is currently <laughs> 218 to 213. I'm down five going into this weekend. We did All get right. you got a soccer goal or soccer didn't score. No. You had a Kane goal. Kane, yeah. Um, and then I had a McAllister and an Odegaard. Shout out to those two kings for me. Um, no bullseyes. No yeah, bullseyes. This was a bad weekend. It was a bad week. I mean, it was a bad scores today. There's no way we would have predicted any of them. Dude, what the fuck, man? All those <laughs> teams down there. Also, relegation, bro. Leads. So, yeah, the relegation battle is going to be interesting because I think some of these teams play each other on the final day as well, what I remember. Um, So, yeah, Leicester, Leeds, and Southampton going into match week 36. Uh, I believe we're going into – they're all in the bottom three, 30 points, 30 points. I mean, Southampton, they're not mathematically eliminated, but they're pretty much dead. They're, They're almost a sure thing to go down. And then Leeds and Leicester is going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. Right now, I think West Ham's pretty much safe. Uh, Burnmouth's looking safe. Wolves looking safe. Palace looking safe. So this uh, this relegation scrap is going to be between Nottingham Forest, Everton, Leicester, 
and Leeds and let's look at these uh, remaining schedules. I, I'm I'm pretty much going that Southampton's done, um, <laughs> which which I don't mind because for some reason they're a boogie team for us. They are. Um, they were for us. <clears throat> so Leicester has Liverpool, Newcastle, and West Ham. L- Not looking L- good for Leicester. Nope. LL James draw. Madison's getting rated. Um, <laughs> Leeds. Newcastle, West Ham, Tottenham. Three tough ones as well. LL win. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um, Southampton, Fulham, Brighton, Liverpool. They're, they're goners. <laughs> they're done. Damn it, the last one fucked them. <laughs> that sucks. <clears throat> so you figure if, if Everton, Everton have City, Wolves, Burnmouth, so they have a pretty favorable schedule. If they get probably like four points out of those nine, I, I would say they're probably good. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's going to be very very interesting. And Forest, I know we play Forest in two weeks. Yeah, they got Forest has Chelsea, um, Arsenal, and then Palace. Palace won't have anything to play for at the end. Um, Arsenal's at home. I think they'll lose that one, but you never know. They're pretty good at home, Nottingham Forest. And Chelsea, they can definitely beat Chelsea this weekend. So, yeah, that relegation scrap's uh, good, good, going to be, going to be good. Uh, the relegation scrap is going to come down to it. Title might come down to it. Top four, we know, is going to be interesting, yeah. and um, our picks battle is going to be very interesting. Five points, very, very tight. All it takes is a bullseye to swing things. Really, oh, that's all it takes. Hot on. <clears throat> I'm going to say about the relegation battle and moving forward for the rest of the year for Leeds is that I need every single fucking American evacuated from that club like it's fucking World War II. I need them out of that club immediately if they care any bit of their about their career. They need to go. It's a sham what that club has done. The, the climb up to the Prem was so great. They're completely fucked. They're completely fucked now. I don't know where they go. And it's shameful. Shameful, shameful, shameful. That's the one club I know right now won't be there. And I'm sad for McKinney. I'm sad for Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams specifically. And Tyler Adams needs a timer. Fuck anyone who disagrees that Tyler Adams is not a Premier League midfielder. I'm sorry. That dude is a player. Bottom bottom half. Yes. Yes. But I think he can compete. I think he can Burnley, I'm looking for you. Do my man justice. Sign him in the I, I, I would like to see that. I think company will do good with him. I will um, get his fucking sure. jersey on spot. Don't let an American play for Burnley. Don't let an American play for Burnley next year. I'm already buying a Burnley kit, and I'm not even joking. I won't get a player on the back of it because I don't give a fuck about him that much. I might get Hayward Bellis just because he plays. For, he's a City Academy player. But at this point, I am 1,000% getting a Burnley shirt because I have to, bro. Like, Vincent Company doing it in his first year, and he just signed an extension with him, said, fuck you, Tottenham. Hell yeah. <laughs> Oh, the fact that Tottenham were going to go for him was was hilarious to begin with. We won't even get into that, but no, we shouldn't. <clears throat> Next, tying it up tonight. I have two stats that are going to mean the world to you. Three point. Okay. Three, three I'm not feeling very confident, so hopefully they're positive stats. No, three point percentage, three point percentage, and uh, second chance points. Those two stats are going to be the indicator for me. If we don't win either of those, it means nothing. That's it. Turnovers. I don't care if we have more turnovers. I don't give a fuck. We need to hit threes to even have a chance. Yeah, I'm going to say we tie it up tonight, but it's going to be ugly. It's going to oh, be very God. ugly. Um, but, yeah, we have to do it. 
we have to do it. Um, if we lose tonight, the series is over. So um, we need Brunson and we need Randall to stop being a little pussy and actually show up to a big game. Uh, yeah. He needs to do what Odegaard did and prove prove me wrong. Jesus. <laughs> prove me wrong. Yeah, he makes me sick, that guy. Um, but, yeah, he uh, – he needs to show up tonight. If we, if we within the first five minutes, we're gonna know what Randall shows up. That's okay. the nice thing about him. You know if it's shit Randall or or good Randall <laughs> so within five true. minutes. It's so but, true. Uh, I'll be texting you five minutes in the game and say we're fucked because yeah. if he doesn't show, we're we're truly screwed because we're not gonna score enough points to win. Yeah, the the over <clears> under <throat> for me personally, I don't give a fuck about Vegas. I care about the Knicks winning. The number for me is if we want a chance to win this game, thirty seven and a half percent over on the three-point percentage if we are not close to 40 percent clip in this game we have zero chance of winning this game book it now there's no way we are shooting horribly also <laughs> breaking news emmanuel quickly is out tonight so He's officially out yeah it came in halfway through the pod so okay. just confirm. but emmanuel um, quickly out. well listen miles mcbride step it up um and i i need to see- I need to see Grimes back in the starting lineup, Hart back with that second unit. I think that's going to be a key. So uh, we'll see when the starting lineups come out soon. Um, but, yeah, we need we need that switch. Tibbs needs to fucking make adjustments. That guy's driving me nuts. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 dude, I'm ready for Budenhauser. I'm sorry. I'm calling it now. I want him as the next Nick. Really? Next Knicks coach. Absolutely. Tibbs got to go. The next evolution to this is getting a coach that I'm, I'm just going to say it right now, dude. We got to get a guy that that knows how to not necessarily do the old school discipline and punish players in, in, in ways that are just like so old school traditional. Like I heard a story and I know I'm not saying this guy is the guy I want because I just told you who I want. But Doc Rivers gave certain players or the whole team. He didn't give certain privileges like one or the other. He gave the whole team a day off when the whole team expected that they were going to play. Or, or have practice. And this was like recently, like right before the playoffs or like in between, whatever. It happened and the morale changed with them. I'm just saying there's got to be a new way to be doing things. You look at Mikel, you look at Pep. I'm sure these guys, I actually see training sessions from Pep Guardiola. I don't know if you guys see training sessions for Mikel, but I swear to God, some of our guys are just playing games. Like they're playing group games where they're running around and all the people that are wearing a red hanky have to go stand in the triangle. All the guys wearing a blue hanky have to go stand in the circle. Ready? And they blow their whistle. And then like, it's a race. It looks like they're just having fun. Like it's gym class. Like. I just think as you age and as you want to be sustainable at the top of whatever profession, specifically in athletics, you got to be able to adapt to new creative things and you have to adapt to these younger kids, whether you fucking like it or not. I'm sorry. I agree. I'm the old school mentality coach. That's why I'm not fucking coaching anymore because I can't do this shit. Catering to these young kids and all this shit. You haven't done a, a single thing, but you have NOI deals and you have Nike and Adidas giving you all this shit and you expect to listen to me. Mr. Nobody at a school? No, come on. It's, it's, it's unfair when we have these situations, but Tibbs is the antithesis to winning in the postseason, bro. I'm sorry. He's the antithesis. He just – and you're right about Randall. You're spot on about Randall. We're going to find out in five minutes if that man's got anything cooking tonight. And if we need a ch- if we have a chance, it's that first three. God, for me, it's that first – actually, the first five threes. Let me go three for five and get the first timeout. Force Miami to do the first timeout. Let's do that. Let's just start there. 100%. <clears throat> I 
but yeah, we will see. And and big one tonight, big one tonight for sure. And that's it. Um, we'll we'll come back on Thursday or Friday, talk about these Champions League games and preview the rest of the weekend. Very essential picks will be taking place this weekend. The goal scorers really got to think about this one. Um, bullseyes need to be need to be had for you to make a comeback and for me to keep the lead. So, yeah, we'll talk about that later. And um, yeah, that's it for the podcast episode fifty two in the books. You know, the CC episode, Aaron Boone. Yeah, CC Sabathia, you're a great man. Fuck Love you, you Aaron Boone. Fuck you, Brian Cashman. Yep. And we're out. Facts. <laughs>